Today, we're going to go into the book of Acts, and I want to show you some principles that are found in the early chapters of the book of Acts that are relevant to us today. These are types and shadows. Solomon said, that which was is that that shall be, and there is no new thing under the sun. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, guys, what's going on, everybody? This is End Time Headlines. I am your host, Ricky Scapero, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines, and it is Thursday, February 8th. We want to welcome everybody to the broadcast, all you guys on Rumble, YouTube, uh, on Apple, on Spotify. If you're watching, if you're listening, we welcome you to tonight's broadcast. Again, if this is your first time joining us, let us know in the comment section below if you're able that you are the if this is your first time joining us and where you guys are joining us from. And for everybody listening or watching, again, we want to encourage you to download our free app. This is how you're able to keep up with our ministry. Download it today. It's on Apple. It's on Android devices. You go to your Play Store, whatever that looks like for you. Download it. Hit yes to push notifications. And you're going to be all squared away and ready to go with every headline and every podcast when it is readily available. And as always, guys, before we get started, please do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. Hit that bell notification. Again, this helps us push out our material so others can see this and be a part of it. And it also enables you to be able to know and be in the know when anything new we publish or we get out there, you'll be notified of it firsthand. So guys, again, today we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to kind of go into our equipping arm today and not so much the prophetic arm, but in the equipping arm. And I want to show you some stuff. I'm going to pull some stuff out of primarily the book of Acts chapter four. But in order for us to get to Acts chapter four, I got to bring you to a foundation of Acts chapter three to show you where, because that's going to catapult us into Acts chapter four. Now, before we do that, Solomon said, and this is the son of David in Ecclesiastes, he said, there is no new thing under the sun. That which was is that which shall be. In other words, I've always said this. If we want to get a glimpse of what God's going to do in the future, you just study what he did in the past. And not only just what God's doing, but also even you can tap into uh, the cyclical assignments of hell, the methodologies that Satan used. He's for, for thousands of years, guys, he's used the same three weapons, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life in some form or fashion. He has used these weapons against us as believers. So when we talk about the church, the ecclesia, uh, I want to kind of bring this to a practical level because most of us, um, when we talk about ecclesia, it's the called out ones, the gathering of the, the 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 called out ones. This is again, this doesn't mean just one particular denomination, but it's believers that are in Christ all over the world, all over the globe, different denominations, different backgrounds, different ethnicities. But today we understand the concept of church as in a brick and mortar church. I'm not saying that's the true definition of the church. I'm just saying that that is the point of reference that most people are going to have 
when you start talking about church, the visual in their head is a brick and mortar building where they come together in unity, or at least uh, uh, at least they try to come together in unity or they should come together in unity, but they will come together to gather together to have quote unquote church. Now, in the early church, Acts chapter three, I'm not going to pull this up on the screen because this is not really where I want to hang out at, but I'm just going to kind of give you a synopsis of this to get us to, again, Acts chapter four. But we know in Acts chapter two, the the New Testament church was birthed in the upper room. They were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They all began to speak in uh, other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Bible says that they the church would grew exponentially. And one day, over 3,000 souls were added to the church. And it began to grow. It began to multiply. We know according to the Word of God, there were signs, wonders, and miracles. Uh, and among them, great fear came among the body of Christ. The great reverence and respect they had in the communities. And the Bible says they had all things in common. Then we see where, so watch this, God birthed the church from within, within the confines of the upper room. So we would say uh, the, the church was birthed inside a facility. But then watch this, once they got baptized in the Holy Ghost and the church was born, birthed, they went out from the inside and they had to go outside. So they took, come on, they took the fire that began on the inside and they began to spread it on the outside. So then that leaves us to Acts 3. So in Acts 3, we see that Peter and John, now remember Peter and John are now filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They are going together to the temple. To Again, today we would say the church or the synagogue. Some people still worship in temples. So they go to the temple, they go to the synagogue, they go to the church, whatever. And they're going, the Bible says in Acts chapter 3, that they're going to the hour of prayer. Which tells me that they understood coming together at a specific time frame. In a specific place with a specific purpose. Let me say that again. The early church understood the importance. I told you we're going to pull nuggets out of this, guys, today. They understood the importance of a particular time, a particular place, and the power of agreement. So here you have Peter and John in agreement at the same hour going to the temple with the same purpose, and that is for prayer. And the Bible says it was about the ninth hour. And we know the story, guys. There was a certain man lame from his mother's womb who was carried daily at the gate of the temple. So he's on the outside of the church, I guess we could say here, which is called beautiful with the sole purpose, again, day in, day out, every single day, he would be brought in front of the church as the people are going into the temple. And I know it's the temple, but I'm using the word church to make it more relevant today. Every single day, he would ask alms or he would ask for money. But that particular day, Peter and John filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost said, silver and gold, we have none. But what I have, I give you. Peter says to him, reaches out his hand, lifts him up. And the Bible says the man was made whole in the midst of all the people. He was leaping 
and stood upon his feet and walked into the temple with them. And of course, the people were astonished because everybody in the community knew him. And they praised God for the miracle that had taken place. All right. Now, when this took place, there was a mixed multitude of mixed responses. Oh, come on. I told you we're going to pull out some relevant stuff today. This is the same thing that happens in churches all over the place. In America, outside of America, when notable miracles, signs, wonders, healings, deliverances, devils cast out, you're going to have a mixed multitude of mixed responses. Depending on their level of revelation, their level of faith and understanding of the, the word of God, they will respond accordingly. If they have no faith, they have no understanding or belief, or they've been taught that miracles don't exist. Miracles have been done away with. God no longer heals anymore. God is the, um, the, 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 all the power and the, the, of the, of the signs and wonders and miracles of the, of the early church has been done away with. If someone, if a mere, a notable miracle was done in your congregation, it would be met with doubt and unbelief again, based on again, what your foundation is. But if you are one of those individuals who read the word of God and believe the word of God and act upon it, then you're probably going to be more susceptible to receiving it and celebrating with the individual or the recipient of the miracle. So that's what we've got going on here. We've got a, we've got a split here. We've got people that are, they are what we would call religious and steeped in religion and traditions of men. But we've got the common folk who <clears throat> they understand enough of the word of God to have faith and believe. So Peter begins to expound and tell them that it was not by their own power that they had done this, but it was through the name of Jesus Christ, whom, and he calls out the Jews there and said and tells them whom you denied and instead asked for a murderer to be granted to you and permitted the prince of life to be killed. This is all in Acts chapter 3, guys. Whom God raised from the dead, which you are witnesses, and in his name, through faith in his name, this man has been made strong. Okay, so people are celebrating. People are rejoicing. I venture to say that people are getting saved because they see this. Now, now let's go to Acts chapter 4. Now I'm going to show you something here. I have always found this remarkable and perplexing at the same time. Now, I don't know about you, but I would think, I would venture to think that if I was there in that day and saw that, that I would be with those of the celebration side who would be rejoicing in this man who was lame from his mother's womb and was made whole by the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, would you? I, I, would, I would hope that many of you guys would say that you would be celebrating this. But watch this. Anytime, listen to me carefully. The reason why many 
revivals, come on, moves of God, awakenings, refreshings that want to come from the presence of the Lord. The reason why many of these either A, never come to fruition at all. I mean, we're talking about there's no match ignited. There's no flame ignited. Or there's a small flame that rises but is quickly put out by the wet blankets. I call it the wet blanket committee. I'm going to show you the wet blanket committee that shows up in Acts chapter 4 to respond to what happened in Acts chapter 3. Ready? I told you there's a mixed multitude. You got this group that's rejoicing over this. But here comes the wet blanket committee. Verse 4. I'm in Acts chapter Acts chapter 4. Read it. Ready? Now, as they spoke to the people. Who? Peter and John. As they spoke to the people, look what it says here. Here comes the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. Let me say that again. The priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. This would be like the bishop of the house or the pastor, the associate pastor or the deacons, and then another religious sect there. That Again, this could be a different denomination, you know, other than, you know, if it's Church of God, it's here comes the Assemblies of God or here comes the First Baptist or whatever. The point is, here comes some religious folks. Now, look what it says in verse two. This is astonishing, guys. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Whoa. Did you see this? Now, this is heavy, guys. Let me read it again. All three of these groups were greatly disturbed. They didn't rejoice. They didn't receive it. They were disturbed that Peter and John were teaching people and preaching in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now stop. Again, this is absolutely profound. That these people... How is it that all of these, the priests, the Sadducees, the captain of the temple, all of these individuals, I can assure you, knew the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They knew the Torah. They knew the law. They knew the prophets. They could quote them. They did it every day. They would go into the temple. They would read from the the, the Torah scrolls every single Sabbath. Every uh, They would go into the temple and do this. So they knew the word. Come on. They knew the word by memory, but they had no personal relationship with God. Yahweh, Elohim, Adonai. They didn't under, they didn't know the word that the blinders were upon them. And the opportunity is now presenting itself for the blinders to be lifted. What am I talking about? Let me show you in scripture. Look what Paul said in second Corinthians in his third letter. I'm excuse me, his second letter in the third chapter this is the second Corinthians chapter three. Verse 12, I'm going to read from verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. 
Let me say that again. Their minds were blinded. Now look what he says here. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Translation, do you know how many Jews in Israel do not know the Messiah because, again, the veil is still over their eyes. But Paul said that when an individual comes to Christ in faith, through faith, come on, then the veil is removed and they see him no longer as a mere prophet, but they see him as the son of man, the son of David, the son of God, the Messiah, the Mashiach. So you, we have to understand, this is why these groups of individual were disturbed because these men were preaching Jesus was more than just a mere prophet. But he was the Messiah. He was the son of man. He was the one in which David said would be raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the father. Th this is what greatly disturbed them. Oh, can I tell you this, friends? Listen, our denominational religious tradition, if we're not careful, can put a veil over our hearts, minds, and eyes that when a move of God shows up at our doorstep, hello, we don't even recognize it and we don't even respond to it. We're not recipients of it and we reject it because it is outside of the traditional denominational religious box that we have tried to put God in and kept him in for how many years? Who am I talking to today? So not only were they greatly disturbed at what Peter and John was teaching, but look how they responded. The Bible says they laid hands on them, and we're not talking about a blessing here. They laid hands on them and put them in custody. They put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. So notice that Peter and John was put in jail. They were in prison for the preaching of Jesus. However, verse four, many of those who heard the word, the word believed, come on, the veil was lifted from their eyes because they believed in Jesus as the Messiah. And the number of men came to be about 5,000. Think about it. 5,000 individuals come to know Christ. Why do you think P Peter and John is rejoicing and they're praising God? Because they say, you know what? I'll spend 24 hours in a jail cell if it means that 5,000 people are going to enter into the kingdom in Jesus name come on somebody all right now let's see what happens to them verse 5 and it came to pass on the next day that they're they're rulers okay now they're bringing out more people come on they're having a board meeting they're having a staff meeting Come on, how many knows what I'm talking about they're, they bring out the rulers they bring out the elders they bring out the scribes as well as Annas the high priest. Here comes Caiaphas. Here comes John and Alexander and as many as were of the family of the high priest. I'm talking about everybody's coming out to see this. Word had already got around that this, this, this kid from his, from his birth that, we, that everyone knew all of those years that was lame and somebody carried him and brought him to church every single day, laid him at the doorstep so that somebody can throw a dollar at him, throw some coins at him, throw a love offering at him. 
He has been healed in Jesus' name. Word had got around. Here they all come. Again, you would think that they would want to interview Peter and John and say, hey, lay hands on us that we may have this impartation that we may, come on, carry out the mission and come on the great commission of Jesus Christ. Nope, that's not what they did. Look at this. Here they all come, they gather at Jerusalem in verse seven. And when they had set them in the midst, here's, here's Peter and John. They take them out of the prison. They put them in the middle of this staff meeting. Come on, this closed door staff meeting. And they ask by what power or by what name have you done this? Stop. They already knew guys. By what power and by what name? Because I can show it to you in the Bible. Peter got up and told them that. And they were there. There was Those groups were there. So this, listen, all you know what they were doing right here? They were trying to corner these men with, and try to catch them by their own words. They already knew. They knew. Come on, you don't think that lame man went around the whole town and went around the whole the community and around the regions of Jerusalem, come on, leaping and shouting and praising God and telling them that, and, that what Peter said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and I was made whole in whom you knew, and I'm standing here made whole. I'm telling you, word got around. So again, they were trying to entrap these men, these men of God. Come on, some of us deal with this, not on this level, but how many family members try to do this to us? Or co-workers, friends, neighbors, people will try to entrap you. Uh, the, our own governments are doing this. Isn't it amazing how every name, come on, I'll go back to this in just a second. Every name out there, you could talk about Buddha, you could talk about Confucius, you could talk about the prophet Muhammad, you could talk about all these other gods, little G, and nobody blinks an eye, but the moment moment you start talking about that name you start going to start talking about yeshua you start going to talk you start talking about jesus christ of nazareth i'm talking about people start getting the twitch they start getting the itch they start convulsing they start foaming at the mouth they start losing their minds because and this is enough to tell me right here i will listen i hope there's some atheists and agnostics that are watching listening you need to think about that for a minute how come nobody else blinks an eye when you mention any of these other quote-unquote gods or these quote-unquote prophets or these religious men come on we're, uh, all these in, uh, these people that has been anyone and any and anybody of religious figures why is it we can talk about them mention them quote them nobody gets offended but you start talking about jesus come on you start talking about the words of christ you start talking about the sermon on the mount you start mentioning his name and i'm telling you every devil in hell starts manifesting that tells me that there is exactly what the word of God says he said there is no power in any other name in heaven under the earth in the earth in the sea in the dry land no name has been given but the name of Jesus it is above every name that through his name you can see signs wonders miracles the dead raised the the sick healed come on and salvation in Jesus name that should tell you all you need to know right there well, again go to our government uh, government systems go to the white house go to the capitol go to 
All these things. And when somebody starts talking about Jesus, I'm telling you, demons start manifesting. Demons start even on even ESPN, even sportscasters. They'll let them stand up and thank God and give credit to God. But if they name the name of Jesus, I'm telling these people get offended real quick. They should tell you right there all you need to know. Let's go back. By what power or by what name have you done this? Look what Peter's response is. And Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. I love how it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, listen to this, quote, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man. Think about it, church. By what means he has been made well. Let it be known to you all. And to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, ouch, he called him out on it. You crucified whom God raised from the dead. I said, God raised him from the dead. Prophet didn't listen. Prophet Muhammad didn't come out of the grave. Confucius didn't come out of the grave. Buddha didn't come out of the grave. Come on. All of these individuals that claim to be anybody and everybody, they didn't raise from the dead. But one man historically has been proven that, come on, you go to Jerusalem, you go to his tomb and it's empty because it says he has risen. He says, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him. This man stands here before you whole. Verse 11. And now he's talking about Jesus. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders. I'm telling you, he's calling them out, which has become the chief cornerstone. Look what verse 12 says. I love this. Come on, y'all need a, here's a scripture for y'all to memorize. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Come on, let that be known across Google. Let it be known across YouTube. Let it be known across Rumble. Let it be known across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Let it be known. Come on, let it go all the way to Hollywood. Let it go to Oprah's house. Let it go to some of these lukewarm, mansy-pansy preachers that won't get up and tell you the truth. Let Let them all know this, that there is not many paths to heaven. There's only one path to heaven, and it's Jesus, for there is no salvation in any other. And there's no name under heaven given among men which we must be saved but the name of Jesus. I don't care what Oprah says or Dr. Phil or any celebrity, any musician, any Hollywood superstar, any rock star, uh, your favorite, come on, influencer. If it's not in the Bible, if if Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except me. Let me make this real simple for you. If you die today, and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to get there through any other way. You're not going to be a thief and a robber and try to climb up a gate. You're not going to come up through a wall. You're not going to take a side track. You're not going to try to take a shortcut to heaven. There's only one way, and you've got to come through Jesus. Come on, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And this is what Peter's telling them. Now, how did they respond to this? Well, let's read on here. 
I love this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. What what boldness? Okay, what boldness? They had the audacity to lift up a lame man who laid there from birth day, week after week after week after week at the temple, declare the name of Jesus over him, allow God to work through them to bring about a notable miracle, only for them to be arrested in 24 hours, put in jail, and then questioned before the whole council. And they didn't blink, they didn't flinch, they didn't back down. Come on. Instead, they open their mouth wide and they proclaim that Jesus Christ is the miracle maker, miracle worker, and he's the only way to salvation and the only way to heaven. So look at this. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, who? Again, the rulers of the people, the high priest, the family of the high priest, the council, the priest, all of them, the religious sect of that day. The hierarchies, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Come on, some of y'all need to highlight that. You think you got to go to some seminary, I call it cemetery, and get all these degrees, come on, and put on your wall so that you can be, come on, qualified to preach the gospel, to be able for God to use you to sow a seed, to help somebody out, proclaim the name of the Lord, and do the work of Christ. Some of y'all think you need all that. I'm not against education. I'm not against seminary, if it long as it's not a cemetery. I'm not against that by any means. That's great. But again, you better know who's ruling it, who's running the show. I'm not going to go to some seminary that is in reality a cemetery because the committee, the staff, and those who are running it are part of this, come on, wet blanket committee. You've heard, listen, I don't know, maybe you're new to this and you've never heard me tell you this story, but let me tell you this for the new people. When I used to live in Louisville, Kentucky, years and years ago, when I first got saved, about two years into my salvation, this would be about 2002, I went to this highly recommended, reputable Christian university and uh, seminary. So I said, okay. I went in there. I sat in there for the orientation. And they basically went over what they teach, what they believe, their fundamentals, the core, etc. I Listen, I was in there for about an hour and a half and, and, and realized in an hour and a half that they no longer believed in the gifts of the Spirit. They didn't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. They didn't believe that God spoke to us today anymore through the Holy Spirit. Then they started trashing other offices of ministry. And when I got to, once I got about an hour and a half of stomaching that, I just got up and walked out the door and left. Why? Because, listen, I don't need them to put a wet blanket on my fire. They don't, listen, for them to come along and try to educate me out of what I have seen, tasted, touched, and experienced, and know as a fact from God, 
you're not going to try to put that fire out of me, honey, because it ain't going to work. You can't come along and try to put a wet blanket on me and tell me God doesn't heal when he's already healed my body. You can't tell me that he no longer baptizes in the Holy Ghost today because you've come a dollar short and a day late because I've already been filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't come along today and tell me that God no longer, come on, expels demons through the hands and feet of the of his believers and his disciples because I've seen it firsthand and I've been a part of it firsthand. You can't come along and try to tell me that God doesn't come on show up and through the miraculous and the supernatural because just because we have the Bible that he no longer operates in that because you're too late I've seen him do it firsthand so listen you can go to your dead dried plucked up in the roots twice cemetery no thank you I just listen just put me in a room by myself with the word of God and the Holy Spirit and and have communion and, and fellowship with God and I'll come on I'll walk out of that prayer closet in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name so let's go back here watch this so here they are the religious sect of that day they're 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 perplexed they're they're uh they they can't believe that peter and john has such boldness because after all these are uneducated these are untrained men and the bible says they marveled at this and let me read on here and they realized that they had been with jesus friends let me i, I gotta highlight that they realized they have been with Jesus. This is by far one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. You know why? Listen, people are not going to know that you, you truly know Jesus unless you bear real fruit. Oh, this is good teaching right here. This is good preaching right here. Thank you, Brother Ricky. That's good preaching. Listen, let me say it again. People are not going to, they're not interested in you pulling up a pulpit, pulling up a microphone and pulling up a podium and you just preaching at them for an hour and then you go home. Or watch this, you preach to them and then your lifestyle does not reflect, come on, the word of God. But you let somebody that everybody knew at your workplace that knows you firsthand. They know the real you. They know the gossip in you. They know the angry you, the ornery you, the lying you, the adulterous you, the drunkard you. And you go and you have a true encounter with Jesus. You experience a move of God that wrecks you and transforms you in the name of Jesus. And to his likeness, you're born again, radical move of God. You step out of that and you go back to the same workplace around the same people. And you've really been touched by Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. The fruit that comes out of your life and is demonstrated, people are going to know. Listen, they may not be able, you may not be able to quote five verses of the Bible. You may not be able, come on, to preach the fire down from heaven. And you may not be able to do all this. But, but friends, let me tell you something. Let me tell it to you right now. When they hear you talking and you no longer cuss, 
They hear, they see that you no longer lie like you did. You no longer blaspheme the Lord like you did. You no longer want to drink alcohol like you did. You're not, you're not interested in smoking weed every Friday night and Saturday night. You're no longer interested in the club or the bar or come on or, or this or that or all these things that you used to partake of because now you're walking in the newness of life and you're de- demonstrating fruit worthy of repentance. Come on. <clears throat> you know what's going to happen? They're going to say, they're going to say what they said about me all my friends that he's hanging with when i first got saved they all said they used to, they talked among each other oh what's what's going on with ricky what happened to him he's not the same anymore he doesn't smoke weed anymore he's a, he doesn't want to go out with us anymore he doesn't want to go to the club anymore he doesn't want to go to the bar anymore he doesn't want to mess around and do this and do that and he doesn't cuss anymore what happened i don't know but it's probably just a religious fad and it'll fizzle out and it'll go away and like i've said before and i'm gonna preach it again it's been 24 years and it ain't fizzled out it hasn't faded away come on does that old man try to rise up every now and then absolutely but you know what i gotta do i gotta crucify him again paul said i beseech you therefore i die daily so when he tries to resurrect, he tries to come forth. He wants to come on. He wants to get angry. He wants to get resentful. He wants to get bitter. He wants to cuss. He wants to lie. He wants to do all these things. I just got to come on. I got to get in the presence of God. I got to get into a good church service, a good Holy Ghost revival meeting. I, I got to get my prayer closet. I got to put that old man to death and let him die again. Come on. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice for this is holy and acceptable unto the Lord. What am I talking about? I'm trying to tell you today, listen, by your radical transformative testimony that you present after your transformation, these people will say what they did about Peter and John. They will say, my God, my goodness, these men or you Come on, you woman, you man, whoever I'm talking to today, you have had to been with Jesus because we know the old you. And there's no way that you can just muster this up overnight. So something must have happened. Come on, how many wants a testimony like that? I don't want to be known for being religious. I want to be known to be a radical Christ following disciple verse 14 and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them so think about that guys the testimony is standing with them how are you going to argue with that this man is standing not laying on the ground not sitting he's standing there the bible says having being that the man was standing there with them and healed, they could say nothing against it. Now stop. Watch what I'm getting ready to show you. This is what religion does, guys. Now when I say religion, there is a good religion. James talks about that, a pure and undefiled religion. But I'm talking about this is a demonic, corrupt, man-centered, religious, traditional paradigm uh, a system. Look, look how it responds here. Verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. Now here they go. They're having this big huddle. They're having this big gathering. They're having this meeting. Now look what it says here. Verse 16. 
Here's what they're saying to one another. What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident. You'd think one of them would raise their hand and say, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we celebrate it? Why don't we rejoice with the man that was healed? And why don't we let Peter and John come to our temple, a.k.a. church, and preach tomorrow morning and see if we can get a move of God in our community? Nope, that's not what they did. What shall we do with these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done to them is evident. Listen to this. To all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Revival is there in the city of Jerusalem. And here's how this, come on, religious tradition of men's system, denomination, is going to respond to it. Oh, listen, I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm trying to get you to recognize some stuff here. Look, verse 17. But so that it spreads no further among the people. What? Yes, that's what they said. So that it spreads no further among the people. We don't want any more healings. We don't want any more miracles. No more salvations. Let's cut it off. Come on, let's kill it. Get your wet blankets out, guys, because it's time to put out the fire so that it spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Again, we, if you guys watched our podcast about a couple day, uh, about two days ago, we gave you some examples of this. You had homeless ministries trying to be shut down by the city. Why? Because they're helping people in the name of Jesus. You've got a coffee shop in Colorado being attacked. Why? Because they're standing on the word of God and Jesus Christ. We can't have that. Listen, the Red Cross helps people. Do you see them getting viciously attacked? You see humanitarian aids helping people overseas in disasters. Do you see them getting severely attacked? Nope. Why? Because they're not bearing the name of Jesus. So, look, I expect that. I expect this response to come from the atheist. And we see it all the time. Even from the agnostics. But from the church? Are you serious right now? This is the response from the church, the church that should be spearheading this thing. The church should be facilitating a move of God that's happened in Jerusalem, happening in their city. They should be right on board with this, but they are the first ones coming out of the gate, threatening the men of God and telling them to sit down and shut your mouth and make sure that this spreads no further. Unbelievable. And as unbelievable as that is today, can I tell you, friends, that this same thing is still happening? happening today listen you let somebody get healed in jesus name in your church and you're going to find out real quick what people really believe you're going to find out what your pastor believes you're going to find out what the deacons and the elders and the counselors and all those who are on staff you're going to find out what they believe you let demons start manifesting and people start casting out devils you're going to find out real quick what they believe and if they believe in the actual bible now let's go to verse 18. I'm almost done here, guys. Verse, verse 18. So they called them and commanded them not to speak. Look at this. So they, they tell Peter, hey, Peter and John, come over here. They call them over there. They tell them, don't speak and don't teach in the name of Jesus. No more. You're done. 
Your ministry is now expired. You're, you're, you're going to retire right now. But look what verse 19 says. I love it, guys. I love it. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Boom. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Listen. Oh, come on. I feel like preaching right here. I feel like preaching right here. This is what I tell my kids this all the time. This is why it is imperative that you experience God on your in, in your own personal relationship. This is why it's imperative that you experience the power of God. You experience the power of the Holy Ghost. You experience signs, wonders, and miracles, and healings, and the supernatural. Because once you've tasted of this, guys... There ain't no agnostic, no atheist, no, no dried up dead religious denomination that's going to come along and convince you. Come on, we'll say it like this. No professor, no college and no university that's going to come along and convince you that God is dead and God don't do these things today because you're going to say you're too late. It's already happened. I've already experienced it. I've already seen, heard and felt and touched of a living God. And this is what Peter and John is telling them. They're saying, listen, you can breathe all your threats you want. You can try to silence us. You can try to threaten us. You can do all these things you want, but we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We have seen the power of God. We've seen the resurrected Yeshua, the resurrected Messiah, the resurrected son of man. And he is, he has fulfilled that which he has spoken about himself. So you can keep on threatening all you want, but we're rather obey God than man. Look what he says here. Let's go back. Verse 21. So when they had further threatened them, so they just keep on threatening them. And this is what the devil does, guys. They just, they just, he threatens you all the time. He opens his mouth and he threatens you with verbal threats. When Elijah defeated the false prophets on Mount Carmel, what it would happen? The devil rose up Jezebel to breathe her threats against the prophet and Elijah. Come on. He began to, he began to, he, uh, to yield to that. He began to, uh, um, uh, receive those threats. He responded to them by running and hiding and wanted to, to, to die. He allowed the fear of Jezebel, the threats that came from Jezebel. So this is what Satan does. He wants to threaten you. We'll pull the plug on you. We'll silence you. We'll cancel you. We'll unpublish you, censor you, shadow ban you, and delete your account. Come on, I got to talk to all my Western folks here. All the, listen, all my, all the real, I'm not saying you're not a real believer, but the ones who know real persecution, they're not listening to this podcast because they live in countries that won't allow them to listen to this kind of preaching and teaching, let alone have a Bible in possession. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people. Since they all glorified God for what had been done for the man was over 40 years of age on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Now I want to shift gears. This is how we're going to close this. I want you to I want to show you how Peter and John and the early church responded to persecution. Versus how we respond to persecution today. 
Come on, we're, we get persecuted. Somebody, somebody don't like us at work. Somebody tells us to shut up, shut our mouth, cuss us out because of Jesus, because we're talking about Jesus. Come on, we, we come home, we cry, we, we, uh, we get our feelings hurt. Well, I'm not the most popular person at work anymore. I don't have anybody to eat lunch with anymore. I'm not the popular person at school anymore. Or my neighbors don't like me. I'm not invited to their Super Bowl parties anymore. I'm not invited to the cookouts anymore because I don't drink beer. I don't do alcohol. I don't do these things. I don't cuss. And I, and I, and I, and I name the name of Jesus. I don't do this stuff. This is how we respond here in the West to persecution. Well, they unliked me on facebook they unfollowed me on twitter really let's look how they responded in the early church to real persecution and watch this and being let go they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them now stop you would think they'd say oh guys we better conform Listen, I can see it right now. Let me tell you, this is how the this is how this modern church would respond to something like this. They would say, well, you know what, guys, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, they won't flag us if we don't say key words that trigger their algorithm system. So the chief priests, the elders and Sanhedrin and all them the Sadducees and so on. They didn't say we couldn't preach and teach. They just said we couldn't preach and teach in Jesus name. So here's what we're going to do, guys. I'm talking about this is the modern church today. This is what we would do. And, and some are doing this. We'll just go out and preach and teach, but we would just won't use the name of Jesus. Oh, that's great. That sounds great, pastor. That's after all, that's using wisdom. That's used in wisdom. No, that's not how they responded. Listen to what it says. When they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them, verse 24, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, quote, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, quote, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Verse 27, for truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. And now look what it says here. Notice they don't say, and Lord, Help us escape their threats. Help, keep them away from us. Protect us to the point where we never get our feelings hurt, never get our feathers ruffled, no one dislike. No, look at this what it says here, verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Wow. In other words, we're not going to shut up about Jesus in fact, we're praying, Lord, embolden us and give us the power to open our mouth wide and proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord, Messiah, and Savior, and there's no other name under heaven unto men in which we must be saved, and it's through him. That's not where they stop, though. Look what he says here. They prayed that they'd get boldness to speak the word. Look at verse 30. By stretching out your hand to heal. 
and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I wonder what would happen, guys, if we went in our prayer closet and we actually prayed this. Lord Jesus, give me boldness today to proclaim your name at my workplace. Give me boldness to proclaim my name in, in, or your name in, in my community. Help me, Lord, give me the boldness to proclaim Jesus unashamed everywhere I go. Walmart, Target, come on, the grocery store, the retail center, the gym, wherever it is at. And not. And then we took it a step further and we actually prayed. And Lord, don't just ha- give me boldness, but Lord, you me to do the heal the sick which is by the way in the great commission mark 16 heal the sick and do signs and wonders through me in your name i wonder what would happen if we actually stepped out and begin to pray that and walked in that verse 31 and when they had prayed the entire place where they were assembled together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Stop. Wait a minute. Didn't that happen in Acts chapter 2? Yes. But listen, you can be filled continually with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in power. Oh, and you know what's awesome about this? Listen, this same experience can happen in your basement. It can happen in your living room. It can happen in your church. It can happen in your kitchen. It can happen in your car. It can happen, come on, in your temple, in your synagogue, in your small group meeting. It can happen at a, come on, it can happen anywhere. Wherever there are two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. But I'm going to say it again. But being baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's a continual thing. The word of God says, be not drunk with wherein, be not drunk with wine, wherein which is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Read that in the original Greek. It says it like this. Don't be drunk with wine, wherein which is excess, but be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. I always like to say it like this. Any of you. Listen, anyone that has any sense about you, if you have to drive any distance to go to work in your vehicle, how many knows that you cannot put one fill up? You can't fill up your tank on Monday and expect to go week after week after week, go two weeks, three weeks on the same tank of gas. Eventually, your tank is going to go empty and you need a refilling. Oh, come on. Who am I talking to today? Some of y'all got baptized in the Holy Ghost 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 25 years ago, and you're not seeing signs, wonders, and miracles in the fire of God and the passion that you once had. Could it be possible that you've been running on empty? You've been running on fumes for so long that you don't even recognize it but i come by to tell you today come on by the inspiration of the holy spirit it may be time to lift up your arms lift up your hands lift up your eyes into heaven begin to come together come on in the name of jesus seek his face and ask for a refilling of the power of the holy ghost i'm gonna just stop it right here guys i feel i feel the holy ghost saying wrap it up through prayer right here so this is how we're gonna pray it right now some of y'all are already on page with me right now. You can feel him. You can feel him operating right now. If that's you and you're listening to me by Apple, by Spotify, you're watching by YouTube, watching by YouTube, watching by the rebroadcast of this, you feel the Holy Ghost moving on you. You feel, you recognize, I need a fresh feeling. I need a fill up, Brother Ricky. Well, listen, guys, I can't lay hands on you. 
We know that one of the ways that we can do this, Paul said, uh, stir up the gift of God with the laying on of hands. I can't do that to you. But listen, here's what you can do. I can show you in Acts chapter 10 where Peter goes into the house of Cornelius. He begins to preach the word of God. And as they believed, the Holy Spirit fell upon all that were hearers and listeners and recipients of the word. And the Bible says they were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to spoke, spake in other tongues. So right where you're at, if at all possible, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I've delivered this word in which you would have me deliver it. And I thank you that your word never returns void, but it goes forth and it prospers and it brings forth fruit in that which it's sent forth to do. It does not return void. So Lord, I thank you today that as the Holy Spirit moves upon this broadcast, whether it's live, whether it's by the rebroc, whatever, however they're watching this, listening to this, Lord, those recipients, those those who are on the other side of this camera, on the other side of this microphone, Lord, they recognize by the by the conviction of the Holy Spirit, by the word that's went forth, that they're running on empty. They're they're running on fumes. They want to. There's somebody watching, listening today. They're they're hungry for signs, wonders, and miracles. They want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. They want to see blind eyes open. They want to see the lame walk. They want to see the dumb talk. They want to be able to cast out devils. They want to do what the Bible said that they can do and what Jesus Christ has commissioned us to do. So Father, I pray right now in Jesus name. Oh, I said it's in Jesus name. I pray right now that you would begin to fall upon them right now. Lord, fill them afresh right in their rooms, right in their vehicles, right in their kitchens, their basements, their living rooms, wherever they're at, wherever they're listening. Lord, fill them afresh. Fill them with fresh power, fresh oil, fresh power in Jesus name God I thank you Lord I pray that they begin to lift up their voice come on right where you're at begin to lift up your lift up your voice lift your but the Bible says they begin to pray and they lifted up their voice unto heaven begin to thank God begin to thank Christ begin to thank you say thank you Jesus for filling me afresh today thank you Lord thank you some of y'all need to repent some people need to repent right now it's 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 this is a blockade it's a it's a stumbling block you're hitting a ceiling. You can't get through. And it's because you need to repent. The Holy Spirit is telling you that to repent, repent of, come on, some sins that you've got going on. And the Bible says, if you're, if you will confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Come on. Just begin to confess that before him and then lift up your hands. The Bible says, who can ascend into the hill of the Lord, but he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Come on. So we come to you today, Holy Ghost. We ask that you cleanse us, purify us and fill us afresh today in Jesus name. Now I dare somebody right now begin to lift up your voice and dare to ask for boldness, just like the apostles did. Ask for boldness. Lord, give us boldness boldness that we can open our mouth boldness that we can proclaim jesus in the workplace jesus in our family gatherings jesus in our neighborhood jesus in our community everywhere that the soles of our feet tread upon lord may we not be ashamed at the name that delivered us the name that redeemed us the name come on that reconciled us the name that got us out of the mess that we used to be in the name that restored our marriage the name that healed our body let us open our mouths and proclaim 
boldly that, come on, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The book of Revelation says they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Come on, do I got anybody today that's receiving this word today? Come on, I feel it today. I feel it with everything in me today, guys. I feel like people are receiving this today. People are getting filled afresh today. People are getting set free today. People are getting a fresh boldness today. Come on. I think by this time next week, you're going to have a testimony of people that you're going to come across, that you're going to stumble upon, that you're going to know personally or be in, 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 uh, in proximity with at your job or whatever the case may be. And they're going to see Jesus on you like they saw on Peter and John. You're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. You're going to see things happen that nobody, even the most ungodly among you, the most professed atheists and agnostics, they're going to see notable miracles and come to you and say, you know what? You have made me question everything that I thought I believed about this God and about this Jesus whom you talk about all the time. Because now we've seen with our eyes the real supernatural of God. Come on, do you receive this today? Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I just want to thank the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for those that are touched today. We give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor. And you say, and you might be new, guys. You might be new to this and you're like, my goodness, I thought this was a prophecy news site. I thought you were going to tell me gloom and doom and despair and and you were going to take news and correlate it with prophecy. Oh, we do that. We do that all the time. But you know what? But I'm also a Holy Ghost spirit filled preacher of the gospel, too. And by the way, in case you didn't recognize that you do today. So I don't make any apologies about this. Friend, who do you think gave me this platform? Who do you think gave me this mouth? Who do you think gave me this testimony? It would, Paul said, uh, for, Paul said, God forbid I do not preach the gospel. And that's what I say today. It would be, it would be a sin if I did not open my mouth and proclaim, look what the Lord has done. Come on, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. Guys, hit me up in the chat, email, whatever. If you've been touched by God, let me know. Let everybody know. Come on, this glorifies God. It's not about me. It's I just want to see that you got touched by God. That's And we'll give God the praise and give God the glory. Listen, again, if you've not downloaded our free app, it's on Apple, it's on Android. If you like messages like this, equipping, teaching, Holy Ghost field, you're going to love this. If you like prophecy, teaching, information, you're going to love that too. You're just, I, listen, I, I pray that you just be blessed by our ministry and we want you to keep up with it. So again, download the app, Apple, Android devices, hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be good to go. And listen, if you're, uh, if you support what we do, you love, you stand behind what we do and, and you want to see our ministry touch more people. Listen, guys, everything we do is free. Uh, there's not a you there may be somebody in your family and they can't afford dvds or cds or or a paid membership or subscription fee or pay for an app so listen they, you'll never have to worry about that with end time headlines our apps free the subscript there's no subscription fee we don't do any merchandise no dvds no cds we don't sell anything freely we re- freely we've received freely we give back to you all we ask is if this ministry's blessed you equipped you informed you exhorted you 
pray about becoming a monthly partner. This helps us continue to do what we're doing. You can do that two different ways on your screen, electronically, through the website, through the app, or through check or money order. Right there, you can make it out to End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. That's going to be Monroe, Georgia, 30655. So listen, guys, I uh, I love you guys with all of my heart. I appreciate you, all of our partners, supporters, uh, you guys, your family. Um, many of you, I we sometimes we chat in the uh, YouTube chat. Uh, listen, if you're listening by Rumble, maybe you're listening on Facebook somehow, somebody shared this with you or whatever, please come over to our YouTube channel because we we call this our church home, our family right here. Many of you guys, this is your church home. So again, we love hearing from you and responding, you know, back and forth, getting to know you. So again, from the bottom of our heart, all of us at End Time Headlines, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you for coming on tonight. Again, don't forget to hit the like button, share button, push this out. Uh, we're going to sign off for tonight. We'll be right back here, Lord willing, right here, same place, same time, same channel, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, Friday, February 9th. Again, that'll be tomorrow. And then we'll take the weekend off. And then next week, listen to me, next week, we'll be here Monday night. We'll be off Tuesday. And then we'll be back Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We had to do this again. Uh, and next Thursday, as far as I know, again, Lord willing, Thursday night, I'll be, uh, I'm coming on uh, the big picture with uh, Larry Raglan. It's the second week uh, of the month. So it's that time again on Thursday night, next week. I'm going to come on and I'm sure we'll have a great segment. And of course, you guys will see all that here as well. So we've got a good lineup for you uh, tomorrow night. I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but come on, God does. And we'll seek him and we'll see what's going on and what he puts on my heart. And we'll share that with you. So until then, may the Lord bless you, may keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.